Good evening, good evening. Welcome to Miracle Night. This is Prophet Jason Leopard. Listen, uh, you can go to our radio broadcast at www.thekingdomradio.com or you can go to, uh, uh, we don't have the uh, godsavingministries.com up yet, guys. It's still under construction. Uh, So uh, we're working on that website. Guys, if you want to go to our YouTube channel, we're on the YouTube at uh, Kingdom... um, Kingdom Network TV. You can look it up on YouTube. Uh, we are almost to hit a thousand subscribers, so we we are uh, pushing this out to people. We're trying to reach more people in these last days than ever. Um, so, if you want to go on our YouTube channel and subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, we appreciate it. Help us get the word out. Uh, we're trying to reach more people than we ever have ever ever have so uh you can also go uh after this broadcast is over you can go to um uh, the kingdom podcast and you can go listen to this message again uh so i hope you got your bibles tonight because we're going to be talking about excuses you know how, how many excuses do we have you know uh the rich young ruler uh, the man with the talents come back with one talents. He always had an excuse why he didn't do. So uh, we're going to find that here. Um, the five talents. And we, we remember when the man had the talents. I'm going to try to find that. By the way, the man with the talents. But guys, if you would share this broadcast tonight here on... Um, Instagram, listen, if if you're on Instagram, we're going to be trying to go to Facebook Live. Hello, fella. How you doing? Uh, but anyways, we're going to uh, Facebook Live. Um, we're going to try to go to YouTube Live. We're going to try to be live on all of them, okay? But you can also go to the radio. We are live on the radio right now. So uh, it's at The Kingdom Radio And if you want to start a business online, we are also, we've launched kingdomwealthnow.co. You can go to it and check it out. Um, But yeah, go on thekingdomradio.com. You can go on and listen live there too as well. But anyways, let's get started. I'm going to be talking about excuses. Excuses. We all have excuses. But your excuses are run out, okay? We look at the passage in the Bible of the man with the talents, and he had all kind of excuses, but none of his excuses worked, right? We all have excuses why we're not doing nothing for God, why we're not using the talents that God has given us. We set on God's talents that God has blessed us with. And guys, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to show you the wicked, slothful servant in the Bible that had the talents and he buried his talents, and God called him a lazy, slothful servant, and he called him wicked too. So here's what I'm trying to tell you tonight. God don't like laziness, One number one. Number two, God don't like slothfulness, and God don't like for you to give excuses why you ain't using what he gave you to use. 
There's no excuse when you get to heaven, when God asked you, what did you do with the gift and the talent that I gave you to use for my kingdom? He's going to say, listen, you didn't use what I gave you to use. You're like the slothful, lazy servant in the Bible that hid his talent. And God said, just because you hide your talent, that makes you wicked. Now, he called this servant wicked too. Now, sometimes when you hide your talent, he calls you wicked because wickedness comes with laziness. It does. It ties together. So that's what we're going to be talking about is wickedness. This lazy, slothful servant in the Bible was wicked, and God didn't like it because he was wicked. When God gives you a talent, he don't want you to sit on it. He wants you to build the kingdom of God with it. And there's no excuse why we keep using excuses why we're not doing what God has called us to do. I'm telling you, God has spoken to me this afternoon. He said, Jason, people are using too many excuses why they're not doing what God has called them to do. I'm going to tell you something. I don't need a church to preach. I don't need a cathedral to preach. I can preach in the highway. God called me to preach a long time ago and I'm not going to stop preaching because people don't like me either. I'm not going to stop preaching if I make mistakes either. Listen, why? Because God called me to preach 28 years ago and I hadn't stopped and gave up yet. Listen, people don't like me and people shun me out, but that's not going to stop me from using my gift. Come on. Somebody needs to hear this tonight. I don't care what your excuse is. God's going to say, listen, they didn't like me. They didn't qualify me. Listen, man don't have to qualify me. God's already qualified me. God's already anointed me. God's already told me years ago, preach the gospel. He said, woe unto them that do not preach the gospel. I don't want to hear woe. I want to hear well done and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little, and now I'm going to make you ruler over many. A lot of you use excuses. You said that you're not perfect. Let me tell you something. In Romans, it says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. Even Christians, after they got saved, we all have a sin problem. And that's why the blood needs to apply. According to Revelation, it said they overcame by the word of their testimony in the blood. So you cannot use that excuse either. Well, I can't let God use me because I'm not perfect. Let me tell you something. I never was perfect, never will be perfect until the day I get into heaven and reach those pearly gates. I'm never going to reach perfection. That's why Jesus had to die and shed his blood because I have an advocate with a father and I don't care how many mistakes I make in a day. And listen, it does not matter. It matters what you are doing with the talents God gave you. We make all kind of excuses. Why we're not using them, why we're not doing for God. Let me tell you something. The lazy, slothful servant he's talking about in the New Testament, Jesus walks up to this man and he tells him this. He says, listen, this lazy, slothful servant he said, well, Lord, I know that you're ruler and I know that you have a lot and I know that you was over a lot, but Lord, I hid my talent. My God, somebody needs to hear this tonight. 
does not matter. You're not going to have excuses when you get to heaven because God's going to say, you know what? Have you used what I've gave you? Do you got a singing talent? Then why ain't you singing? Do you have a preaching anointing? Why ain't you preaching? Listen, I'm telling you something. It was like, well, I, I can't preach. I'm not perfect. Brother, let me tell you something. You're never going to reap perfection because Jesus turned around and told him, he said, you're perfect. He said, don't call me perfect. There's only one perfect and his name is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Listen, that's the only man on this earth that is perfect. Jesus didn't even claim that he was perfect, that they tried to call him imperfect and he said don't call me perfect there's only one perfect listen i'm not giving you license to sin i'm not giving you license to go sin because paul said god forbid should we keep on sinning no we don't need to keep on sinning but you know what we need to wake up every morning striving for that goal and that prize to be like Jesus Christ but let me tell you something that's not an excuse why you're not doing what God's called you to do one of these days God's going to say have you used what I gave you have you been doing what I told you to do and I'm going to tell you all something I surrendered to God 28 years ago, and there's a lot of people that don't like me, but you know what? Get in line. I don't care who likes me. My Bible tells me if God be for me, then who will be against me? I got to please one person in this world, and it's not my wife. It's not my family. It's only God, baby. I'm telling you, it's one person I got to please, and when I please him, when I see him, one of these days, when I get out of this body, he's going to say, well done and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few. I'm going to make you ruler over many. That's what I want to hear. I don't care who likes me. I could care less. I, I, I gave up pleasing man a long time ago because you're never going to do it. Only thing you got to concentrate in this life is pleasing your father in heaven. That's the only thing you got to concentrate on. You don't got to concentrate on pleasing this one and pleasing that one. Cause you know what? Everybody's going to have an opinion, but you know what? You can keep your opinions because God called me. He qualified me. He anointed me. He appointed me to preach the gospel of the good news. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to keep preaching whether they like me or not. I'm going to keep preaching whether they talk about me or not. Come on, son. Body. I'm going to keep preaching. I don't care because God called me. He qualified me. He anointed me. And I'm going to keep doing what God's called me to do. So what's your excuse today? There's so many people use so many excuses why they ain't doing what God has called them to do. Let me tell you something. I don't care what your excuse is today. I don't care what your excuse might be. Listen, the man that buried the five talents, the man that buried his talent, he had the excuse too. He said, Lord, I knew that you were, I didn't labor where I did, but Lord, I buried my talent. And God called that man slothful and lazy, but he also called him one thing that I didn't like. He called him a wicked servant. When you are laying down on your talent, God looks at you as wicked. 
God looks at you as wicked because God looks at you as mockery. You're telling him, you know what? You gave me this gift and I'm going to sit on it. You're telling God that your gift wasn't good enough to be used for the kingdom. That's what you're telling God. And God said, look, it's time to stop this. It's time to get on board and start working for God again and start doing what God has called you to do. If he's called you to play a guitar, play a guitar. If he's called you to give, give. If he's called you to sing, sing. If he's called you to preach, my God, keep preaching. Why? Because God looks at us and he says, well done and faithful servant. Listen, he called that man wicked though. That lazy, slothful servant that hid his talent, he called him wicked. And I'm going to tell you something. God don't like wicked people. I'm telling you, he does not like wicked people, people that are lazy, people that are slothful. And we're going to get into this. I'm going to get in some scriptures here to let you guys know. Um, this, 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 this man that hid his talent was lazy and, and it cost it to, to be from lazy. And here, here's the problem. People that are lazy, here's things that develop in their life. Number one, they get in everybody's business. My God, I'm preaching to somebody tonight. You get in everybody's business. If you were working for God and concentrating on doing what God's called you to do, you wouldn't have time getting in everybody's business. Listen, you need to concentrate on the Father's business instead of everybody else's business. Hey, who am I talking to tonight? I'm telling you, you need to concentrate on the Father's business instead of everybody else's business. Laziness causes people to get in other people's business. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to show you in Proverbs 6, 6 is my favorite verse. It says, Thou ant, O sluggard, consider his ways. Be wise and have no guide, overseer, or ruler. And then he says in Proverbs 26, 13 through 6, Thou slothful man, say unto the line thy way, the line, the streets, and the doors, and the hinges, do as slothful upon his bed. Otherwise, God's saying a lazy person, don't, lazy person has no goods in them. Why? Because they're all busy getting in everybody else's business because they're lazy. They're not, they're not developing their time like God wants them to. See, God, God created the earth in seven days. Well, he rested on the seventh day. He created the earth in six days. But see, the reason God created us like him to work because See, an idle mind is a devil's workshop. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but some people are walking around with idle minds. And when you're walking around with an idle mind, it's a devil's workshop. He loves to play in your mind. He loves to ponder things in your mind. But God said, listen, we're supposed to put on the mind of Christ. We said, let this mind so be in me that was in Christ Jesus. See, we don't have to have a carnal mind, but a spiritual mind. And God wants us to put on the mind of Christ instead of pondering on other people's business. And see, that's what lazy people, laziness, laziness attracts idleness. I'm going to say that one more time. Laziness attracts idleness. And when you develop laziness, it attracts idleness, and then your mind gets developed and Satan plays with your mind. He starts playing some things in your mind. But see, if you were doing what God has called you to do, if you were busy about the Father's business instead of everybody else's business, then, then you wouldn't have time to let the devil play in your mind. 
See, the devil likes to play tricks in your mind all the time, telling you lies and schemes and, 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 and when it ain't even true. Who am I talking to tonight? Listen, I don't care what the devil may play in my mind, but if I fill my mind with the word of God, when I fill my mind with God's word and God's mind and God's thoughts, then my thoughts, the devil has no room. The devil's always trying to play tricks on you. He's always trying to play tricks in your mind with this and don't love you and that one don't care. Come on, tell the devil to shut up tonight. Tell the devil he needs to go somewhere. Listen, you got power over him. He's a liar. See, laziness caused all of this. Why? Because now we have an idle mind. And an idle mind is the devil's workshop. When we, when we play tricks in our mind and li allow the devil to get in our mind, but it all started with laziness. It all started with an idle mind. You need to keep your mind busy on things. You need to keep your, hey, if, if not, get in the word of God. If not, listen to some preaching. If not, listen, listen to some singing. Something, keep your mind on God. And then the devil won't have room enough to play with it. Come on. I, I don't mind is the devil's workshop. My grandma used to tell me that. I, I don't mind is the devil's workshop. But when we keep our minds stayed on him, he'll keep us in perfect peace. My God, that's the word of God. He'll keep us in perfect peace. But see, when we let our mind float off in the lake, see, it that all started with laziness. Remember the slothful servant, the five talents? He buried, he buried the one talent? That's because he was lazy. He was slothful, and then he become wicked. He became wicked. Laziness will, will go, listen, la this is where laziness brings you to. Idleness, uh, idle mind, remember a devil's workshop, but it also brings you to it also brings you to wickedness. When we idle our mind, when we let the devil play with our mind instead of putting our mind on Christ and putting our mind on godly things, and didn't Paul say this? Let this mind so be in you that was in Christ Jesus. He said, think on things that are good and good report. Did not Paul say that? Think on these things. But see, what happens is the devil starts sowing thoughts in our mind and lying to us about things. And then we got this, this thing going everywhere. You know, the devil's just telling us lies after lies after lies. But how to keep the devil out of your mind is you got to keep your mind on Christ. You got to keep your mind busy on other things instead of other people. Come on. See, God never created us to get into people's business because it's none of our business. It's none of our business. The Bible calls them busy minds, busy bodies. That's what the Bible tells them. Busy bodies. Don't be busy bodies. Being busy bodies, minding other people's matters. You know what? It ain't none of my business what such and such is doing. I don't even care. I don't even care to hear about it. Why? Because I don't care. I got my mind on Christ. I got my mind on God. My mind's, my, my daughter called me a while ago. She said, Daddy, 
I know I call you all the time and we talk about God all the time. I say, honey, I, there ain't nothing wrong with that. I love talking about God. Why? Because my mind has stayed on him and it's not on evil things or things that don't even matter. My mind is on him. And I told her, I said, baby, I love talking about God. Hey, I sit all night talking about God. Why? Because I love him. Why? Because I love him with all my heart, mind, body, and soul. I love him more than my kids, my wife, my, my cars, my vehicles. I love God with all of my heart. And that's what we need to get to the place, guys, of loving God with all of our heart. Listen, that's what's going to get you to heaven. What's going to get you to heaven is falling in love with God all over again. Falling in love with him. You can't get enough of him. You can't talk about it. Listen, I talk about him everywhere I go. Why? Because I'm such in love with him and he's such in love with me. It's Listen, it's a love language. We got to be in love with God. Quit being in love with the world. Quit being in love with other things. You, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you all a nugget tonight. You want to know why Abraham was a friend of God? Because he loved God with all his heart. You want to know why Job loved God? Because he told his wife, he said, woman, you speak foolish. He didn't love his wife more than God either. Come on. That's what made Abraham right with God because he didn't put his wife or his children or nobody before God. He loved God with all his heart. Come on, we need to fall in love with God like we've never in our life. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God spoke to me. He said, things are coming on this earth. We, we're we're fixing to have a great outpouring revival on this earth. God showed me this. He said, Joel, he said, in the last days, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy and old man will dream dreams. That's coming. It's coming. And God said, listen, I need you to fall in love with me like you never fell in love with me in your life. Listen, I need you to talk about me like you used to. You used to go to work and talk about God everywhere you went. And you know what? I told God, I said, God, I can't stop talking about you because I know I'm falling in love with you again. And that's what God said in, in Revelation. He said, "There's some, remember the conditions of the churches. Who remembers the conditions of the churches in Revelation where he told the church, he said, what, somewhat I have against you. You have left your first love. And God said, your first love is not your husband, not your wife. Your first love is God. Listen, God created you. And Jeremiah, he said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Listen, God knew you before you even come through the womb. That's your first love. It ain't your kids. It ain't your husband. It ain't your wife. It's God. That's when God spoke to you. You heard his voice. You knew his voice. Why? Because you knew God before you went in your mother's womb. That's what Jeremiah said. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. See, we was walking with God before we even got here. You know that? And God put us in the womb and come come through the earth, and we're on the earth. This is a testing ground to see if we love God. That's all it is. It's a testing ground. We are going through this life as a pilgrim. We're passing through, and God is testing us to see if we love him more than creation, more than things that he gives us. Don't get me wrong, I love my wife, but I'll never put my wife before God. Why? Because I love God with all my heart. 
I'll never put my wife before God. I'm sorry. I'm like Job. You speak foolish, woman. I, I won't do it. I won't do it. My wife knows I won't do it either. Why? It ain't because I hate her. It ain't because I don't dislike her. I just fell in love with God before I met her. That's what it is. Listen, for God I live, for God I die. Somebody ought to testify. Listen, I don't know about you tonight, but God wants you to fall in so in love with him that nothing comes before him. Listen, God don't want first. He don't want second place. He don't want third place. He wants first place. He wants first place. He don't want no sackets. He don't want you to put him last. He wants you to put him first. He wants to be number one in your life. He don't want to be number three. He don't want to be number four. He don't want to be number five. He wants to be number one. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Over the years, I've had, I've had some things come in my life and go, come and go, but God has taught me one thing. He said, son, I am building this relationship with you. And that's what it's about. It's about a relationship. It ain't about how, how good I am or uh, how, you know, I can walk up perfect. You know, it's not about that. It's about a love relationship. And I'm going to tell you what changed me. Judgment didn't change me. Telling me I was a sinner didn't change me. You know what changed me? The same thing that changed Peter. He said, Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter finally said, Lord, you know everything. He said, he said, Peter, if you lovest thou me, then go feed my sheep. See, it's a love relationship. And the more God loved me and told me he loved me, regardless of what I've done, the more I turn from sin. See, people are going to turn from sin more by God's love than his judgment. Because I'm going to face it. When I was out in sin, you told me I was a sinner. I said, well, you know what? I just burned, go to, go to hell anyways. I don't care. But you know what saved me? God's love reached way down. God's love reached way down and saved me. That's right. He saved me. He had to reach way down. But I'm going to tell you something. His love over the years has changed me. Has changed me. I'm not the same person I was 28 years ago. And it wasn't because God sit up there with a ball bat and telling me, Jason, you better do this. You better walk up right. No, God kept loving me unconditionally. And I couldn't believe somebody would love me with an unconditional love. And you know what? The more love he poured on me, the more I wanted to turn from sin. See, that's the problem with people. They think that judgment and all this stuff is going to turn people. I'm going to tell you, when, when Jesus drawed in the sand, when he drawed in the sand that woman that was caught in adultery, he didn't point out her sins. He started drawing in that sand. He said, woman, I love you. I don't condemn thee either. But he did tell her, he said, because my love has shed grace on you this day, go sin no more. She didn't want to sin no more. You know why? Because somebody accepted her for who she was. My God, that's powerful. You, you know what people are looking for? They're looking for acceptance. They're looking for somebody to say, you know what? I know what's right and wrong. I'm just looking for somebody to say, I'm proud of you. I told my daughter today, I said, I, I tell all my kids that. I tell all my kids that, every one of them, even my stepchildren. I tell every one of them. I call them up on the phone. Hannah, Sarah, Jason, all of them. I said, I'm proud of you. Well, proud of me for what? I said, I'm just proud of you. 
that means a lot to some people when you when you uplift them and, and show them how much appreciative you are for them. You know why? Because people are looking for an acceptance. People are looking for acceptance. They know they live a lifestyle. They know they live a wrong lifestyle. They know these things. But if they had somebody put their hand around and say, you know what? I love you anyways, brother. We praying for you. I, I love you anyways. But I remember when I was out in sin and, you know, these people come up with judgment. Well, be, I, be honest with you, I didn't care. At the point, I didn't care if I, I went to hell and shook the hands with the devil. I didn't really care. But I tell you what I did care about. When God come in that night in that tent revival and he poured his love into my heart and he told me, he said, son, I don't, I'm not saying nothing about your sin, but I'm going to tell you, I died for your sin and I love you whether nobody loves you or not. I love you. And when he said that to me, I melted under that tent that night and I cried for four or five, ten hours. I was under that tent and that changed my life. I never will forget it. It changed my whole life. And you know what? I started throwing my, I had two earrings in my ear. They went out. I had a thousand dollars worth of CDs, Megadeth, uh, uh, Metallica, all this ungodly music. That went out the door too. See, I'm telling you, love will change you. Love will change you. God's ungrace, merciful love will change your sins. You don't have to tell nobody. I remember one person. And I will tell this. We're almost done here, guys. I will tell this. I, I went out with a guy one night. Nobody wouldn't go out with him. I, I went out um, fishing with him. Nobody wouldn't go with him because they knew how much a bad person he was. I went out fishing with him that day, and people told me, well, Jason, if you're a preacher, what, what are you doing hanging around sinners? I said, why, why wouldn't I hang around the center? Why wouldn't I? Everybody was telling how bad this guy was, so I went fishing with him. I didn't say a word about God. I just went fishing with him. We, I throwed in my pole. He throwed in his pole. He looks over at me. He said, son, he says, uh, why why'd you come fishing me? I said, bro, I just want to spend time with you. I, I want to become friends with you. He said, yeah, but you're a preacher and you go to church and all this stuff. I said, so? Don't make no difference. We're still human, and it's still that you made in God's image and his likeness, even though you're not in church. Even though you're not in the body of Christ, you're still made in his likeness and image, and God still loves you no matter what sin you have in your life. That boy looked at me that day. He didn't say a word. We stopped talking about it. We went to church that Sunday. Guess who showed up? That boy that went with me fishing. He went to the altar that day and he just cried. You know what he said? He said, if it wasn't for that boy right there going fishing with me yesterday, God wouldn't be dealing with me at this altar today. I'm going to tell you something. The love of God will change people's life every time. Why? Because Love covers a multitude of sin. I'm telling you, we need to quit pointing out sin and start loving people with sin because Jesus loved them right where they was. My God, I feel the anointing. Listen, I'm telling you, Jesus loved them right where they was. We need to love them. Why? 
Because you know what? You could be that very person. You could be that very person. I'm going to tell you something. We're living in the last days, people. We are living in the last days. You know how I know? Because men will be lovers of themselves. They'll be pleasures. The lovers of pleasures than than lovers of God, they'll, they'll be, let me, let me tell you something. They are in love with their self too. I see it more and more and more. We are living in the last day. All the signs are here and God don't need you to point nobody's sin out no more. He needs you to love them right where they are. Love their sin out of them. Listen, let me tell you something. Love comes a multitude of sin. I don't care how mean you are to people. If you love a mean person, you listen, that love's going to change them. It sure will. And, and you know, another story I'm going to tell you right quick. This guy used to persecute me all the time at work, and God told me to bake him a cake. And uh, he couldn't understand why I kept baking him a cake and, and giving him a Coke every day. And he'd persecute me every day, just be so mean to me. And I, God said, keep loving him. I said, Lord, I, I'll keep loving him. And I kept loving this boy. He come up to me. He said, son, why do you keep loving me for? I'm so mean to you. I said, you know what? God loved me that way. I can love you that way. And he said, wow, I didn't know that. The next very week, I went into church, and I saw that fellow follow me to church, and he went to the altar, got saved. I'm going to tell you something. This fellow I'm talking about, he's a pastor of a church today. You know why? Because I stepped out and loved somebody instead of pointing sin out to people. Listen, you don't have to point sin out to people. You need to love the sin in people. Come on. You need to love the sin in people. I'm going to say that one more time. You don't need to point the sin. You need to love the sin in the people. Why? Because Jesus loved the sin. He saw the sin too. If he didn't, he wouldn't have drawn in the sand with the woman that was called in adultery. If he didn't, see the sin in her, then he wouldn't have drawn in the sand. But I'm going to tell you what God showed me with that. I'm going to give you a nugget right here, and then we're going to end. Do you know why Jesus drawed in the sand? Because if you'll remember, he told Abraham, far as the sand is from the sea is your descendants. Listen to this. This is good. He said, far is the sea the sand on the sea is your, going to be your descendants, Abraham. And that's why Jesus drawed in the sand when the woman was called in adultery and he started drawing in the sand because, see, man looks at your sin, but God don't. You know why? Because God covered it. Come on. All he sees is the blood of Jesus. That's all he sees. And you know what? When we start seeing people like that, now I'm not telling people to give them license to sin. That's not what I'm doing on here. I'm not giving you license to go sin and go do whatever you want to do. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying, if we're going to change people by the power of God, we're going to have to learn to love sin out of people instead of pointing out of them. Why? Because Jesus drawed in the sand, but he was pointing towards the promise. What was the promise in the sand? The descendants of Abraham. And what was descendants of Abraham? It was a promise that God would bless Abraham. Listen, I know sometimes it sees that we see people in wrong. But God looks at them as this. 
listen, I see that you're in a wrong, but I'm going to have grace and mercy on you. And now I'm going to tell you something. God don't continue to have this grace and mercy. Now, guys, that don't mean that you practice sin. That don't mean that you keep sinning because Paul said, God forbid. But there comes a place in your life where God gives you grace. And that was a point in that lady's life that God gave her grace and gave her mercy. And what's the Bible say in Matthew chapter 5? He said, he said, blessed are the ones that show mercy. They shall attain mercy. I don't know about you, but I need mercy every day, so I'm going to start showing people mercy. I don't know about you. I'm going to show mercy, ain't you? Why? Because I need all the mercy I can. Because I'm not perfect, guys. I have a lot of flaws in me, and God is still working. You ever heard that song? He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him seven days to make the moon and the star, Jupiter and Mars. He's still working on me. He's always working on us. He'll never stop working on us until the day of redemption. The day of redemption. He's always working on us, guys. But we got to be transparent and let him work. Let him work. Let him melt your heart. Let him deal with your heart. Let him melt your heart in two. Let, I, I sit in my truck every morning, and it never fails. God meets me in my truck, and I, I don't know why he meets me in my truck, but he does. And I just sit, and tears just fall out of my mind, fall out of my eyes all the time. And I cry out to God, and I say, God, you know what? I'm trying to love you with everything I got. And God keeps telling me, son, I'm in love with your heart. I love your heart. You have a David's heart. The Bible said David was a man after God's own heart. David wasn't perfect, guys. He had, remember, he, he got in trouble with Bathsheba. He got in trouble with all. But you know what? When God sent the prophet Nathan to him, I remember this story, and it, it melts my heart to this day. God sent the prophet Nathan to King David, and he said, King David, you sinned before the Lord. And all he could do is hit that ground, and he said, Lord, I've sinned against you again. See, God loves a repentant heart. We're not perfect, guys, but we need to stay in repentance. We need to stay sorrowful like Peter did when he denied him three times. He cried. He cried bitterly. And he said, Lord, forgive me, Lord. I've, I've failed you again. And as long as we keep that repentant heart, we're in right standing with God. I don't care how many mistakes you make in one day. As long as you go to God and say, God, I've messed up again. Please forgive me. And we got to learn to forgive each other. We got to learn to forgive it. And that's very important. If God forgives you, you got to forgive others. You got to. Now, that don't mean you're going to run over me. And that don't mean you're going to treat me like a doorstep. That don't mean that. And that don't mean that you're going to keep hurting me and I keep forgiving you. That don't mean that either because I know some people that I forgave and forgave and forgave and forgave and God said, let them go, let them go. They keep on hurting you over and over and over. And you have to let them go for a season. Even, even Joseph had to let his brothers go for a season till they truly repented. Let me teach you something else about forgiveness before we get off here. 
God taught me how to forgive and how to unforgive people. Let me tell you something. Forgiveness is about acknowledging you've done somebody wrong, right? Well, see, the Joseph story, Joseph didn't have to go to his brothers and forgive because the Bible said, woe is to the person that brings the offense, right? So if the person brings the offense to, to you, then you don't have a reason to apologize. You don't because you did nothing to them. But when Joseph's brothers come back to him, God required Joseph to forgive them because they come back with repentance. The Bible tells you if you if somebody asks for forgiveness, you need to forgive them. But if you didn't do nothing, why are you apologizing? I see people do this all the time. They're confused. If you didn't do nothing to the person, then why are you apologizing? But see, here's the problem. He said, woe unto the man that brings the offense. Not woe unto the man that received the offense, but woe unto the man that brought the offense. And this is all scripture. You can look it up in the Bible. But here's the problem. When somebody comes to you with a true repentant heart, truly sorry for what they've done to you, then the Bible said you got to forgive them. But if they don't come to you with repentance, then you do not have to go to them and you do not have to hang around and let them hurt you over and over and over. No, ma'am. I'm telling you, you need to read your word because you don't understand the word of God, what it's trying to tell you, because it said, woe unto the man that brings the offense. Not the man that didn't bring nothing. You ever had somebody hurt you? You, you wonder why you're apologizing? They never do. See, if they don't apologize, watch me, follow me what I'm saying. If they don't apologize for what they've done to you, then the offense is not a fix. If they don't come to you with a sorry, then guess what? The offense is not a fix. Because Joseph's brothers had to come to him because they the one that carried the offense. Now, that'll help you right there. So follow what I'm saying. Joseph's brothers had to come to him because they are the ones that brought the offense. And the Bible says if they come to you and apologize, then you have to forgive them. But if they never come to you and they never apologize with a sincere heart, then guess what? You can walk on. And some people you do have to do that to because they don't want to ask for forgiveness. They don't. They don't want to apologize either. I don't know why I got on that. Maybe the Holy Ghost wanted me to teach on that. I don't know. But anyways, that God taught me that a long time ago. And some people I've just had to let go because they keep on and on and on and on. And you can forgive them and forgive them. And I know the Bible says forgive somebody 70 times, but you got to understand this, if they ask for forgiveness. But if they never ask for forgiveness, then you, you can walk on. Because truly, if that person's hurting you, then they're sincere of what they're doing that's wrong. They acknowledge what they're doing is wrong. Some people don't acknowledge what they're doing is wrong. They got to. Why? Because they brought the offense. So that's a whole other teaching on true forgiveness. And a lot of people get that confused because I did too, because I kept forgiving people that hurt me, and then they hurt me again, then they hurt me again, and they hurt me. I was like, Lord, this is a broken record. So 
if they ask for forgiveness, we got to forgive them. And like I say, God forgave you of your sins. You the one that sinned, you asked for sin, God forgave you. Same concept. So if God, if you sin against God, you ask God to forgive you, guess what? God's obligated to forgive you. And we got to be like God. We got to forgive people. So anyways, if you guys want to go on the Kingdom Wealth Now, uh, kingdomwealthnow.co, you can. Uh, you can also go to our uh, radio station at thekingdomradio.com. You also can go to uh, godsetministries.com. We got it done to construction. Bear with us, guys. I just have, we've been in process of moving and my studio's somewhere else now. So I'm not going to stop doing what God's called me to do. Uh, we are reaching a lot of people online here. Um, and we appreciate y'all for y'all support. And hopefully uh, we can get on here with Brother Jackie out of Menlo, Florida one night. We'll tag team on here. Uh, Jackie's a good friend of mine. Uh, he's been in the ministry with me quite some time. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. God bless y'all. God bless you. Y'all have a wonderful night.